0: Fundraising from foundations. What's the same and what's different during the COVID pandemic? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by Michael stahoviak Michael is the Director of Grant Development and Administration at the Cranbrook Educational Community in Michigan. And Michael, what a delight to have you with us. First of all, tell us just briefly, what is
1: Cranbrook? Cranbrook Educational Community is a nonprofit in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, and we are a private school. We also are an institute of science, a museum and academy for art students and for art lovers, and we are a center for collection and research, which specializes in archival materials at Cranbrook.
0: And through that, you are a frontline fundraiser with primary responsibility for fundraising from foundations. So, just kind of starting big picture, what's been the same?
1: and what's been different as you've done your work during the pandemic? One of the things that's been different is the call for transparency. We are finding that a lot of foundations and corporations that we're working with really value the transparency. They're also wanting to know what types of plans we have in place to deal with the continuing pandemic, uh, and how we plan to uh, get back to work after the pandemic is over.
0: Now, when you talk about transparency, where my mind goes with that is to just be real that you're not hitting 100%, that the foundations also wanna know what challenges we're facing. Am I inferring correctly? You are correct.
1: Uh, We would rather have, Uh, A truth telling that's not if I can use the phrase rose colored glasses, because then the foundations get the sense that we're not really seeing things as they are. We're seeing things as we want them to be so transparency really is a key. So the more honest we are with the founders, the more likely they are to support us.
0: And that is very consistent with our teachings here at the fundraising school, that when we pursue dollars from a foundation, we need to do so with this mindset of equal partnership, that certainly the foundations have the dollars, but Michael, we can bring information from the front lines, expertise and information that the foundations don't have.
1: That's true. We've been asked on several occasions to give our feedback talking about what we're seeing on the ground and what our response is to ever-changing circumstances. Foundations typically have a 10,000-foot view of what's happening in their communities, and they look to us to provide additional feedback from something that's nearer to the source. What are we hearing from the public? What are we hearing from our constituents? What are we hearing from people on the inside? And they find it very valuable.
0: I'm also sensing from your initial reply that you're not writing the exact same grant proposal in the exact same way that you did before the pandemic. What have some of the changes and adjustments that you've been uh, making uh, as you've been responding to this particular time in history?
1: Well, that's a great question because we really have changed a lot since the pandemic has come up. Our primary focus is reaching out to the communities that we serve, whether it's in an educational way or whether it's providing uh, outreach into community schools or providing an opportunity for people to come in and, and experience our campus. It's difficult to do that now. So one thing that we've done is to pivot to online or hybrid programming. And that's been a real change for us. So we've had to inject that into a lot of the grants that we're writing, we're also giving opportunities to our funders to see both sides as a contingency. So we might put in one budget that talks about how we would do things in a typical year, and then we'll put in a second budget, this being an atypical year that shows how we might pivot.
0: And so are you needing to describe particulars associated with the pandemic, whether that be activities or even you know tangible resources that you need? What does that look like as you've communicated with
1: foundations? Sure, we're talking about some of the things that have changed. Uh, We're seeing lots of uh, feedback from our communities that things are similar. So, we're seeing a decrease in attendance at our museums. That's kind of common around uh, the country. But, you know, how is it impacting us? So, we'll inject that into our grants. We'll talk about specific numbers, specific decreases. We'll talk about, you know, steps that we've taken to mitigate uh, possible exposure, reopening plans and things of that nature. We've also uh, talked about how the um, funding will be used. So it might be used for things like uh, plexiglass, computers. It might be used for marking out uh, floor space so we can maintain safe distances. Uh, There's a, a wide variety of things that we've put into grants that we might not have put in there previously, specifically for infrastructure.
0: And Michael, even though these grant proposals deal specifically with the particulars that have been brought upon you and the rest of us by the pandemic, it sounds to me like you're not going to the foundation you know, with this overall sense of desperate urgency, that this information still fits into a broader plan, still fits into a broader strategy. Can you help us understand in that regard, please?
1: Absolutely. A lot of the foundations that we deal with want to know that their dollars are going to an organization that's going to be here tomorrow. So they're not looking to provide uh, bailout or emergency relief to an organization that might not make it through the pandemic. So some organizations find themselves in a tough position and they're searching for funding from organizations that want to help in that manner. We're particularly interested in reaching out to organizations that know that Cranbrook is going to be a stable Uh, place in the community for a good time to come and that we're using this as a way to transition to a new normal or back to normal.
0: Has there been any discussion yet about what happens after the pandemic? Has that been coming up? You know, there is some hope that Mm -hmm. perhaps in the second half of 2021, we'll start returning at least somewhat to normal. Uh, Has that come up yet in your conversations with foundations?
1: Absolutely. They want to know how we're going to deal with today, but also how we're going to deal with tomorrow as well. So we'll talk about how we plan to move forward. If that means uh, limited attendance at our venues or switching to a hybrid model, Model for our program, programmatic outreach, or if it means uh, you know continuing in this manner until we can uh, see you know more people, we let them know how that's going to work out.
0: Michael, one thing that strikes me from your answers, both in terms of substance and the and the tone of your reply, uh, is that of course all donors and institutional funders they want to be assured of certainty. They are interested mm-hmm. in stability. Uh, And I'm also kind of getting this intangible feel of Cranbrook is communicating
1: stability, even amidst this chaos. Absolutely. That's one of the things that we really try and do. We made a point to reach out to our funders right at the start of the pandemic and say, you know, we understand that there is a need for information. So we want to share what's going on. We make sure that our president's letters are getting out to the community as well. We're making sure that if there's opportunities for questions that we are answering those questions. We have caught a few of our funders by surprise on occasion Mm -hmm. when we contact them and say, hey, we're just here to let you know what's going on, give you an update, let you know some of the problems we're experiencing, some of the things that we see that are working. And they've really appreciated that. So we try and be as transparent as possible. We're going extra transparent now.
0: The fundraising school has been reporting research that has looked back already into 2020 that has shown that a significant percentage of foundations have been providing more flexibility, flexibility in how the dollars are being utilized, flexibility in terms of reporting guidelines and expectations. Has that been your experience? Have you seen that as well? Absolutely. We've
1: had some of our significant funders uh, convert program dollars into general operating dollars, and we're very grateful for that. We've also received extensions, both by request and at the direction of the foundations for uh, turning in program reports at a later date. Uh, we've received uh, additional gifts that would supplement some of the uh, funding that we're receiving that could be used for COVID relief and COVID support opportunities. Absolutely, we've seen a lot of flexibility on the part of our funders. We ha- actually we're seeing uh, more grants that are multi-year than we have in previous uh, years as well. Again, to provide that stability and to provide the knowledge that the foundations are going to, you know, continue to support us. That's been a surprise.
0: Of course, I have to ask, uh, do you wait every year for those dollars to arrive or are you receiving all the multi-year dollars in one big check? We're...
1: Uh, receiving them on a year-on-year basis. Okay. So typically what happens is we'll receive a, a grant. And then as we near the end of that grant period, I like to use the report as an opportunity to continue the relationship and trigger the next year's grant. Yeah. So uh, multi-year grants come year to year, and then the reports help us generate continued funding.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And kind of what was at the foundation of my question was we know that the stock market is a predictor of the dollars available from foundations, whether foundations operate on a one year, you know, what's available the next year, or you know if they operate on a two or three or four year rolling average. Of course, at the end of December, 2020, the stock market was up 16%, which would indicate right. that foundations have more money that they're required to give away in 2021. Now, Michael, I know every nonprofit is different. Every situation is unique, but uh, what does your planning look like? for 2021, what are you thinking uh, funding from foundations is gonna look like in this year?
1: We think that funding in 2021 is going to remain steady. We think that funding in 2022 is could take a hit. Hmm. So for right now, uh, we're doing okay in our fundraising. Uh, It's future years that I've got a little bit more of a concern about.
0: Now, is that just a healthy skepticism of an effective
1: fundraiser,
0: or why are you a little bit concerned about 2022?
1: I think it's a little both. I think it's always skepticism about planning that far into the future. But I also think that uh, we do see uh, a dip in the stock market right as soon as the COVID came, and then we're seeing the uptick, like you're saying, and then you know, where are we going to go for the next year? We're also seeing a change in fiscal years and calendar years. So as we near the end of 2020, and we're now in 2021, you know, we, we see foundations that are looking to close out some of their grants and close out some of their dollars and we're into a new year. We also see the same thing with fiscal years that vary throughout the year. So right now we're kind of in the middle of it next year. We'll have to wait and see.
0: Well, you've given us so much helpful information about fundraising now. And as we think about 2021, no offense, we hope you're wrong about 2022. (laughs) And I know you do too, uh, as, uh, as you have that Uh, again, you've been so helpful throughout this conversation. How would you sum up your advice Uh, for nonprofit organizations as they're thinking about fundraising from foundations uh, and planning their fundraising and carrying out their fundraising throughout 2021.
1: I think the biggest thing that I would say uh, is to focus not so much on what we need as organizations, but how we can help serve the foundations and corporations that we're working with. So it's kind of switching the script a little bit. Instead of going to the foundations with a need statement, we go to them with a true partnership to say how we can work together. How can we help alleviate some of the things that the foundations are interested in alleviating and how can we be a partner in that effort?
0: Michael, that's great uh, concluding advice. Individual donors have their motivations, foundations, and our friends in the business sector have their guidelines and their charitable giving motivations as well. Michael Stahoviak is the Director of Grant Development and Administration at the Cranbrook Educational Community in Michigan, Uh, and again, one of the frontline fundraisers that we are honored to serve here at the fundraising school. We have our public courses, 30 of them now uh, and most of them are available online either recorded or in person different each time and we are in person with our courses in Indianapolis and into the second half of 2021, as long as health and economic conditions allow, we look to expand to a few more cities uh, in addition to Indianapolis. We still have our COVID relief scholarships, a crisis response scholarship worth 50% off our registration fee. We have these free podcasts, quarterly webinars. We get together once a month for Fridays with the Fundraising School. Numerous resources available from the Fundraising School as we are your career-long colleague open 24-7, now more. More than ever before during the pandemic and all that information tfrs at your desk is online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school I'm Bill Stanjakovic, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school mm-hmm.